Warning. Crime Convo features potentially triggering content about real-life crimes. There will be content such as violence, crimes against children, physical abuse, sexual abuse, and death. Listener and parental discretion is strongly advised. Welcome to Crime Convo. Come and join the conversation. So today we are going to be talking about online dating and some safety tips and tricks. Um, We actually have a very special guest and I'm going to let Alyssa introduce her. Yeah. So like our last episode said, we were hanging out with my aunt Jessie and she is going to be a part of this episode. Say hi. Hello. Nice to be here. So as Destiny said, we're going to be talking about online dating and some safety precautions. Keep in mind, this is a conversation. This is full of opinions and perspectives. Whether you take anything we say to heart or do anything we say, that's that's your choice. Um, we're obviously not going to tell anybody what to do. We just want to get our perspectives and our opinions out there. Um, maybe we have some ideas that you didn't think of or something that you hadn't heard of before. So just to... PSA, this is this is a conversation. These are opinions. Take it or leave it. And I think it. it's where the importance behind it is the fact that we're all women here. And as women, we know that we have to watch our back a lot every day. And it's, yeah, it's a good discussion to have um, to be able mm-hmm. to, you know, kind of watch each other's back as women and put the information out there. Because maybe there's people or other women that weren't raised to think about these things in the online world as well as just out in life in general but um also Mm -hmm. today i'm drinking this right now mike's hard white freeze something i'm drinking um incline which is a cider i i do believe it's a low yeah it's local um washington apples Ooh, Ooh. this is the um hazy honey crisp flavor um, I'm drinking a margarita cocktail. So it is actually tequila, amaretto, orange juice, and lime juice. Something I've tried Yum. for the first time today. Wow. Um, I'm drinking the Chateau Saint-Michel dry Riesling. Mm, that is a favorite. So we wanted to begin with the conversation of the difference between dating for lack of a better way to put it, before the internet and dating after the internet. So I know I personally don't have any perspective on that. I've only ever known a world with internet. So so I grew up in the 90s, and um, or I was a teenager in the 90s, and we didn't have, uh, we had chat rooms, you know, mm-hmm. um, but we didn't have online dating. So we met people organically. So, you know, you'd go to a party or you'd go out with your friends to a football game or something, and that's how you met people. And then as I got into my early 20s, you know, um, turned 21, start going out, you know, I used to do a lot of karaoke and things like that. I met a lot of people organically that way. So I just uh, met people, you had the, you know, the chemistry, you felt the chemistry, and so you pursued that. That's how dating was before the internet. Yep. It was the same for me, too. Uh, we didn't have internet in my house till I was like a senior in high school. And it was just talking on Yahoo chat rooms and on 
AOL. And I mean, some people probably did meet each other that way and then met in person. That's probably where it originally like stemmed from. But for the most part, you weren't on there to intentionally meet people online to like date them. You were just on there chatting just to chat and talk shit, basically. (laughs) Yeah, it was cool meeting somebody from another place in the world. Yeah, it was really cool. But otherwise, it was authentic. Like you met people through somebody the one of my exes that I was with off and on for a long time, I met him at a bus stop when I was almost 18. And I met other people through friends and, and whatnot. Again, through up through my 20s was the same thing. Mm-hmm. Or meeting someone at the So bar. did you did you guys have at that time when, for example, Facebook and MySpace weren't a thing or weren't a big thing and you met somebody, can you think back to that and say that you did or did not have that fear of like, is this person good? Like, are they going to do I something? didn't have a whole lot of fear. I, Definitely not. It. You know what? There was the fear that I already had in me of men, which is a side note, totally separate issue. Same, yeah. Yeah. But when it came to that organic meeting, it's vibes, mm-hmm. you know? I, you know, I didn't meet Ted Bundy. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there wasn't any creeper vibes. There wasn't any... You know, or if there was creeper vibes, I went the other direction. So yeah. it was very, it wasn't, I don't want to say it was very easy, but it was, it was, um, it was in person. So yeah. there's a lot more information that you can get in person meeting somebody versus on a computer. I mean, yeah. Phone. Devil's advocate though. Yeah. I mean, Ted Bundy got his women. <laughs> he was person. charming to people. I just always thought he looked like a creep. Side note, Damn. our aunts actually possibly came in contact with him yeah i think i talked about that in episode number one briefly wasn't that um aunt debbie aunt debbie and aunt cheryl yeah they um i couldn't i couldn't remember if that was something that i actually heard or not there was a park that he had like tried to take somebody from lake and they were at that park that day i think you said it was i think mom or you had said it was lake sammamish it was lake sammamish my mom used to go there a lot and i grew up going there too yeah. Well, and Aunt Debbie also thinks that he tried to pick her up one night when she was walking home. Mm. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, and she refused scary. to get into the car. And you know what's crazy, too, that all of the prime serial killer times, I mean, we were, like, kids in the 80s and 90s, but a lot of it happened, like, in, like, the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Mm-hmm. But even with all that happening, my mom definitely put, like, stranger danger in us. But that was more like out in the world, but it wasn't like the internet just wasn't, I don't know. It just wasn't anything to be scared of back then. Back then. Yeah. Well, and also, you know, we did live in the times of like, when I was a kid, we lived on the West side of Washington for a while and the Green River Killer was Mm -hmm. in action at that time. Yep. So I remember being terrified of the Green River Killer, even though I was only like five or six and I wasn't his prime target. Mm-hmm. I was terrified. Yeah, that was one thing I was going to ask, too, is the timeline of, you know, the 70s into the 80s was obviously the big serial killer era. Like, did you guys see news reportings of, mm-hmm. you know, yep. the Green River Killer's victims and even like Ted Bundy? Was he in jail or anything at that time? So my big brother told me that the Green River Killer lived in the vacant house down the street. And so I was a little kid and I thought that the Green River Killer lived down the street. My mom just had us convinced that if we didn't come home when she did her two finger whistle, that either 
she was or ass was grass because she was gonna beat it or someone was gonna come and kidnap us like the green river killer or ted bundy because we were out yeah after. yeah that was drilled into us too yeah yeah mm-hmm. um there was definitely the stranger danger thing we didn't have code words or anything it was just like you know don't take candy from strangers yeah yeah I feel like I never had the, oh, they're serial killers, be safe. I had the, you know, the stranger danger. I don't remember, but apparently we had a safe word. Sorry, mom. Um, I don't, apple I know bottom. it's green apple. Mom said green apples. That's what mom, apple I don't bottom. remember, whatever it was. I don't remember it. Um, but I do remember, like, I was raised with streetlights. When the streets light, streetlights come on, you need to be home. And Me then eventually too. my dad. And you were the last age group, I think, that got that. Mm-hmm. I know, too, that my dad at one point had gotten um, walkie-talkies. <laughs> my dad did the same thing. He got us walkie-talkies. Yeah, we had walkie-talkies. We, were, we lived in an apartment complex, so we had a walkie-talkie with us. And if he was like, you guys need to come home, then, you know, we would come home. It, he did the <laughs> yep. exact same thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, and nowadays, you know, dads just text their kids. Yeah. yeah. So I was reminded of there was two or three different incidences where I was potentially almost kidnapped and telling my mom the the days that those happened she was scared of her mind and obviously I was scared too one was I was in middle school and these guys kept turning around on the road coming towards me behind me and and all that yeah I mean I paid attention and noticed it and was able to run before they got me and then another one was in broad daylight I was walking through our complex at the time with a group of kids and these guys in the car literally pulled up right next to us, opened a door and tried to pull me into their car. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So it was, I mean, kids are still kidnapped obviously and things like that definitely still happens. It was just a lot more known to be a kidnapping more public thing back then versus the dangers of meeting somebody online. Well, but also, you know, back then, they only focused on certain cases, mm-hmm. usually the white kids mm-hmm. that went missing. Yeah. Um, countless other situations happened that were never recognized. Yep. I was yep. actually, so I follow this person named Kendall Ray. She does true crime content on Yes, YouTube. I love her. And... She, I follow her on Instagram as well, and she posted something the other day. Basically, like, YouTube will give you, like, your stats. Or, like, not your stats, but your, okay, this thumbnail does really well, and this thumbnail does not do so well. All of the thumbnails that were doing really well were white people. All of the Mm -hmm. thumbnails, and she, like, had, like, three or four of each, which was really weird to me. Four, three or four of the other thumbnails that weren't doing so well were of black people. So basically, they were saying that more people were clicking on the thumbnails that had primarily white people versus the ones that had black people. I was like, that's really... And they looked basically the same, right? Just with... Like, she does her thumbnails very similarly each time. So really, the Mm -hmm. only difference is, like, the person in the frame is different, but she'll still do, like, the same, like, background or, like... Mm -hmm the police tape or whatever across it. If you, if you've ever seen hers, it was really interesting to see that it it's, it's a thing. It's a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. and I feel like, too, crimes against women, not that I would say that it's a bad thing, but crimes against women get a lot more attention than crimes against men, too. For sure. Well, but also tri- crimes against men are so abundant because of other factors. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So with the with the experience that you guys have in the very, as Jesse so eloquently put it, the um, organic meeting of people, how would you describe with that background knowledge, online dating in comparison. Okay. So for me, it's weird. And I still think it's weird, even though I've experienced it. So I met my husband online. Um, prior to meeting him though, I hadn't had like a lot of experience because prior to him, I was in a long-term relationship who I met at work actually. Um, and kind of before my ex, I had kind of got online like a little bit and just like talked to people here and there, but never anything like seriously. I think I met like one person one time and it was meh. So when I broke up with my ex, I was like, how do you even meet people now? And everyone was like, oh, well you do it online. And I thought it was really weird. And by that time, like catfishing had kind of started becoming a thing and everybody was dating online and a lot of people were trying to convince me to do it. So I eventually decided to create some profiles in a couple of different apps. I don't really remember which apps. I do remember my husband was my top match on both of the ones that I had, but I avoided talking to him for a while. But I remember like at the time I was really, I was getting out of an abusive relationship and I was really like, I don't want to waste my time. Like I'm really looking for my husband. So I was very forthcoming on my profile and said, you know, that's what I'm looking for. And I said, you know, don't send me any, explicit pictures or anything like that but most of the time it was just dudes saying sexual things or still sending pictures um even though i was very clear about what i was and wasn't looking for and so they didn't respect your boundaries no not at all and then i went on like two dates and prior to meeting eric and i had some other i was I was living and up being single too at the same time, mind you, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Um, but the, the oh, two I people I met online, or was it three? I think it was two. Or was, no, it was three. Like, they all just wanted to hook up. Except for the yeah. one guy that I met and his voice really turned me off. And I know that sounds like a really silly thing to be turned <laughs> off by, but his voice was very feminine. Mm. So it instantly, like, even though he was very attractive, instantly his attractive level went down majorly. So I never went out with that guy again. So did you have any kind of fear or anxiety going into that different situation? I had a lot of fear going in and meeting them. Um, At the time, I wasn't driving either. So it was also how do I navigate where to meet them, how to meet them. And I definitely was not safe, even with meeting my husband. Um, I did not have people knowing that I was meeting somebody. I didn't tell people where I was going. I didn't have them pick me up from my house, but but at the end of the day, I had them drop me off at my house. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't share my location. I didn't tell people. Nobody knew anything. I was definitely not smart about it, but I was scared to the bejesus of meeting these random people. When I met my husband, because he really had to work for it. <laughs> um, by the time I decided to finally talk to him, I had, you know, gone on those few dates and I was kind of like, man, I wasn't really impressed with it, you know? 
So I made him talk to me off and on for a long time before I finally gave him my number. And then we talked for like a month before I finally decided to go on a date with him. And I had told maybe one person that I was going out with someone I met online. I had to meet close to where I lived because I wasn't driving at the time. And I was going to determine when I met him if I was going to get in the car with him. Stupid. And I remember I met him at that particular... And it was like outside of a store because the store was really close. It was a couple blocks from where I lived. And got out of the car and first thing I said was, well, you're really tall because he is really tall. And we chatted for a while and he seemed like a normal guy. And I determined on my own that I was going to get in the car with him and allow him to drive me to the restaurant. After PSA, my opinion. Don't do that. Don't do that. Do not follow <laughs> my example. Don't do that. The date itself was really great. But after the date, I then let him take me to the spot where we met prior to going to dinner. And then I sat in his car and talked with him for another hour or so. And by this time, it's like two o'clock in the morning. And I looked at him and I go, well, I think I've determined that you're not a serial killer. So I guess you can drive me to my apartment. <laughs> I guess you're okay. So then I let him drive me to my apartment, parked right in front of the front door and everything. Granted, he was a total gentleman. Obviously, he turned out to not be a serial killer, or so far he isn't. <laughs> but do Wait, not you never know. do what I did. Do not do what I did. <laughs> but it was very weird, and I still had a bunch of anxiety. was definitely scared, but I still did things that you should not do. So mm-hmm. don't do what I did. I think we've all done things nobody else should do. Right. Yeah. So I'm definitely curious, knowing what I know about Beefcake in Canada, how for Jesse it was different meeting your husband online. What was that? Eight years ago? Seven. So years? first of all, let's let's specify who Beefcake is because nobody knows who that is. <laughs> it's Canada. Yeah. So the the whole reason this has been a big topic of conversation, at least for me, is because as I said in episode one, I was concerned. For my aunt who had Canada coming over. We're just going to call him Canada. Um, This complete stranger coming from literally another country to her house. To her house, you guys. So I think it's 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 fair and valid being concerned. Um, But this this whole conversation, Mm -hmm. at least from my perspective, really came up in the concern of you don't know this guy. Well, like wh- he's coming to your house. You're not meeting him in public. Like, what? Do you, what do you know about this guy? And we'll we'll go into the details of what she, what details and information she got a little bit later. Um, as far as why I kind of backed off on it. But PSA, she's cool. She's fine. She's alive. And and when she says Uncle Beefcake, it is a joke about Canada because he's he's very beefcake. attractive. I mean, sure. So my, okay, so you wanted to know about my online dating experience and meeting my husband. Mm -hmm. So um, I had been online dating for about six years, which is a long time. Um, You know, I was, um, I was the chronically single one in the family. You know, Um, I, I just uh, had a fear of commitment. Honestly, I just didn't want to say yes to the wrong person. And uh, which I did anyway. Isn't that funny? Um, but uh, yeah, I met him online and we talked for months and months and months. Um, I ended up moving, uh, relocating because he had kids and I didn't uh, feel like it was right to take him from his kids. So I relocated and um, and then, you know, we got married. So what was the timeline from like talking to him online to meeting him in person to 
the serious relationship? So it became very serious about seven, eight months out. We'll say that. And um, I had, you know, he had come to my town to do dates. And um, quite honestly, you know, I, um, I was ruled much more by um, childhood trauma than I was about intelligence and thinking things through. Um, I just wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't equipped with those tools. I just wasn't. Um, I just wanted to find my husband, you know, um, I don't want to say I was desperate, but I mean, you know, I was a 35 year old woman that wanted, well, 34 at the time, you know, I wanted to find my person. And um, so I, we moved, we ended up, um, he proposed and we got married and that was it. So we were married for, um, six and a half years before I left. So we, we have been married seven years and we're not divorced yet. And um, leaving him was the best choice I ever made. You know, there were things that um, I can look back on now that were red flags that I ignored because of the societal and family pressures that were on me to get married. So, you know, all that outside influence affected my decision-making. So did you have any concern when you were initially for that six years that you were online dating? Um, unlike Nikki, <laughs> were you like cautious or overly careful? Or- no, I wasn't because um, time I couldn't drive because of an injury. So I would get picked up or I would take a cab somewhere and then somebody would offer to take me home. There were occasions where men would say they would take me home and then they wouldn't. And so I'd find myself in a situation where I'm like, no, wait, you they need to take me home now. Like, wouldn't take you home? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I, I actually, one one specific instance, he came and picked me up. We went into the city for a date. It was great. And then he wanted to show me his really nice apartment. And I was like, well, I really need to get home. Again, I couldn't drive at the time because of an injury. Um, he took me to his place and then he was like, well, I'll sleep on the couch. And I put my foot down and I said, Uh, no, no. you agreed to take me home. You need to take me home. So, you know, there were, there were instances like that one specifically sticks out to me. Um, but yeah, you know, online dating, when it first started, it was just kind of like another way to meet people. That's it. There wasn't these, you know, there weren't these huge precautions, yeah, you know, I made a lot of mistakes and I've learned from those mistakes over the years, especially after marrying somebody that I met online and it mm-hmm. didn't go well. So, and that's just so unique to me because I don't know, like, I feel like my generation was raised with the people that experienced that transition of dating in person or meeting people in person and dating online. And I was always like, I would never. Even on a first date, I would never get into somebody's car. I would take the bus. Mm-hmm. Like, I would rather take the bus home. I would never get in somebody else's well, car, especially on a first or second date. Like, no. But you also know what my situation was. I couldn't drive, you know? I mean, so it didn't, I didn't put, I even now, like, now I can put the pieces together to know the timeline. But at the time, I had no idea. Also, at the time, I had no idea that that was what you were doing. You know, even, I feel like even at the time, I would have been like, oh. Are you sure? Are you, like, are you kosher? So, I mean, yeah, I maybe I don't know if it's a generational difference or what, but like, I that's terrifying. I'm I'm so glad you guys are alive. <laughs> well, I'm <laughs> glad that I'm alive and that Jessica's alive too. It's uh, 
it could be a generational thing, even though, I mean, we were taught not to talk to strangers and stuff, but I guess we just weren't, I don't know, online dating for one. And like I said, we had like chat rooms and stuff. So I don't know, just different, Mm -hmm. I don't know, different understanding of it. And like, we were used to going on dates where like, you know, they would come pick you up or you would meet in a mutual Mm -hmm. place. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you would trust the person you're going to hang out with is genuine. Even if it is online dating, dating, and mind you, I've only been with my husband for nine years, so it wasn't super long ago that I did those things, but I also had no experience really, mm-hmm. or knew many of other people that were experiencing that either. So dating-wise, you just kind of think, oh, it's normal dating, you know? It's dating, yeah. yeah. Well, also, our mothers, our older siblings, they were picked up by their dates, Mm-hmm, so it wasn't mm-hmm. that unusual. So, but no. now you can't do that. It, we, you know, us as women ha- are, as a collective, we communicate things. Mm-hmm. And now we're understanding, like, mm-hmm. no, we can't do that. We can't trust them to do that. So um, it, it is very different. So, you know, going back to where we were, you know, um, it was, it was a bad decision, you know, and now looking back, all the stuff, divorcing, getting out of that situation, realizing who that person really was. He, he really hit himself well before marriage. So, um, or maybe I was just not as fully aware as I should have been, which no, I am I now. Think, I think he did a very good job of hiding who he and really was. And, and manipulating. And that's so, a really scary thing about dating is, sure, yeah. even, even before, you could meet someone and be fine for however long of time yeah, and yeah. as time goes on not be yeah. fine well and mickey and i you know our generation we would watch those lifetime movies where the guy had two separate families you know and oh, yeah. those right. things happened back then too it's mm-hmm. just that now it's all so fast and there's so much more of it mm-hmm. and we're right? talking about it more we're yeah. talking about it more we have more mm-hmm. platforms to talk about it but also it is so much easier to meet people online now than it was Yep. Literally, I was talking to like five guys yesterday. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the That's quantities are much meets. higher. No, I was not like, I see that face, Nikki. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> hey, you know what? If I was single, I'd be talking to everybody too. So, I mean, <laughs> you you know what? I mean, I was me. just, <laughs> I was just telling my husband, yeah, like today, actually, I was like, I don't know how to make friends. I don't know how to like at, organically meet people. Like, but that's. Hi we should be friends yeah like, and that's what? the younger generation yeah. you didn't yeah. you know learn those skills it is you know hard. because mm-hmm. everything was oh hey you know we're gaming let's get on fortnite and make friends or whatever you know it's 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 <laughs> different now well, how it is. not that you play <laughs> fortnite but you know what i'm talking about right mm-hmm. <laughs> let's yep. play fortnite we're friends it's all about let me be on my phone or on my device and talk to these yeah. people that are in other countries and other cities and not go outside and make friends <laughs> i have met people organically like as far as friends but then I think our generation has the thing like, oh, does this person actually want to hang out with me? Or are they just saying that because we're in person right now? Mm-hmm. That's what's always stopped me. Like See, when I you're go bringing out- stuff up that is about you. It's not about the situation because no. honestly, if you really think about it, that's you questioning if they like you. No, 100%. that's not about the bigger picture. But I definitely think that there's other people my age that feel the same way because when you're talking online 
when you're talking to somebody, whether it's a dating app or you met a friend on, on a game or Facebook or however, there's that they're actually talking to me on here. So maybe they do want to be friends. But then when you meet somebody in person, I feel like it's easier to just try to be nice to somebody. I mean, we're all guilty of that, right? Like being nice Mm -hmm. to somebody just because you're in person, you don't want to hurt their feelings. And I, I know that that's a me thing. And, but I know that other people feel that way as well, especially people. I feel like generationally, generationally it's, we were raised with the internet. Yeah. They were not. Our core being raised was internet. having chat rooms, having having Yahoo Messenger and yeah. AOL Messenger and having... Well, and people are a lot more direct online than they are right. in person. Right. And so you can be whoever you, you can be whoever you want to be on the internet and then you meet somebody in person and you're like, oh, crap. Like, now you have to get to know, like, me, mm-hmm. like, who I am. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So we were yeah. we were raised with that yeah. that like we were raised with the internet being a thing. Um and like I said before I know for me I was definitely raised with caution in that regard. But you know when I had I I never in I I had dating profiles but I didn't really use them much. Um cuz I met my husband when I was 19. So <laughs> I had like a year's worth of dating profiles, but when I was younger and I was on chat rooms and all that stuff like I wouldn't put my name on there. I wouldn't have any identifying information and you could meet random people wherever. And I was who I wanted to be. I wasn't me. I was, you know, so much cooler and and looked cooler and I was hotter and, you know, I like all these cool things. And oh, yeah, this random thing that you brought up. I don't know what you're talking about. But yeah, that's totally cool. You know, yeah. So that's something that we were raised with. Right, yeah. right. In we person, had Google, we had all of that. It's more so like you have to organically connect with that person, but also... You have to give trust. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I feel like knowing that it's hard to trust another person, you can feel from another person that maybe they don't necessarily authentically want to be your friend. Maybe they're just being nice to you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, Because even me, sometimes people... They'll start talking to me. I don't know who they are. I don't necessarily want to be their friend, but I'll be nice to them in person. Right? Whereas mm-hmm. uh, you can ignore a message. Right? Yeah. So that's that's where I'm coming from on that is is the we are so used to the internet and being able to talk that way that when we do meet people in pe- person and you don't know what to do. But we were also raised with like, be respectful, be nice to yeah, people. Yeah, don't be, I mean, obviously don't be rude. My mom always said the, the, the infamous line from Bambi Thumper. And he says, don't say nothing. If you, if can't, you can't say, say nothing nice, nice, don't, don't say, say nothing, nothing at all. all. Yeah. 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 That line was big when I was growing up for sure. Well, and for me, I too, kind of sort of met my husband online very long story short i worked at a restaurant and i met his dad and his dad on thanksgiving was like hey and and i had like served him many 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 times and built like a professional he's a customer at my restaurant relationship and i was driving over the mountains and he said hey here's my phone number in case something happens because i had explained to him that you know other members of my family weren't going to be available it's like if something happens, call me, text me. If you like, if you if you need somebody to save you in some way, let me know. And um, also, back before texting and driving was illegal, I was texting him while driving, and he says, "Hey, I have a son 
who's moving over here from California. And like, I want him to have like people that he can hang out with here. You should talk to him. And they immediately sent over like his Facebook email. And so my husband and I started talking on Facebook, but I think too on that line, it wasn't a dating site. Like I had his Facebook, which was a big thing, like all of his identifying information, all of his, you know, teenage stupidity on there, like all of his friends, his family, all of that stuff. And him and I talked via messenger for a long time. And then I was like, okay, well, I don't know that you are who you say you are. Could we talk on the phone? And then it was, okay, I'm giving this random dude my phone number. But, okay, here we are talking on the phone. We talked on the phone for a good amount of time. I'd say it was probably like a solid week that we talked pretty much every day. And then it was, okay, let's migrate to video chatting. And I think we used Skype or something. So we had video chat. And then I could see that his pictures on his profile matched who he was and had the same voice. So I knew he was who he said he was. And then my dumbass drove to California to pick him up. (laughs) I didn't go by myself, though. I didn't go by myself. I went with a friend of mine who honestly wouldn't have been able to do anything if he was sketchy anyway, but not the point. Not to Ruben. <laughs> didn't go by myself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at the time, he was he was definitely smaller in, I think, every way possible. Um, but I drove down to California, picked him up, and then drove him back up here, and we have lived together ever since. So, <laughs> I mean, Girl, you crazy, sketchy. but it worked out. You know, he- Here's here's the thing, you know. Sometimes the universe gives us something, and for some reason we do something that we would not normally be in character. But that doesn't make it okay that we did it, right? It doesn't make it okay. But sometimes there's something in us that gut feeling that you know what? No, I feel like this is okay. I feel like this is right. And mm-hmm. I mean. Honestly, like, I married my husband, so clearly my gut feeling was a little off. But, I mean... But it was what you needed at the time. Well, and honestly, even when I got married, like, I was trembling when I said I do. I was terrified. And now I understand that wasn't okay. I shouldn't have been terrified. I should have been excited. Yeah. Those are two very different sensations in your body, and I confused them. I was that's why your intuition is talking to you, and we should always, always listen to your intuition. Our as women, our intuition is yes, yes, your intuition closely strong. Mm -hmm. I have ignored mine so many times throughout my life, Mm -hmm. and then whatever it was that I ignored, we all came to fruition in whatever that situation was, and I was like kicking myself in the ass like you mm-hmm. idiot you told yourself that this is what was going to happen why did you not listen mm-hmm. to yourself you know it's mm-hmm. always yeah. listen yeah. to your intuition yeah. no matter what the situation is intuition is definitely powerful and it's there for a reason absolutely absolutely well and now that we have talked about the things that we probably shouldn't have done that we did do back to uncle beefcake <laughs> i'm sorry if you hear this beefcake he's never gonna listen to this good good so unless he becomes your uncle (laughs) and then he'll laugh his ass off about it but then she'll be calling him uncle beefcake in his fight in person though so the reason the reason it's the reason i I say it that way is because this man is literally (laughs) four months older than me like 
He's barely. Okay, for reference, Alyssa, how much older than you am I? Not much. 13 years. 13 years. So yeah. he's. Which is totally not abnormal to me, which is why you guys being a thing is not weird. And it's not even weird that you're doing anything with somebody my age, but like, if it were to ever get to that point, which I don't know, you don't know, who knows? It wouldn't be weird. It would honestly be something that I feel like him and I being the same age, I would tell him like, okay. You guys are in a bonding moment. <laughs> yeah. Long story short, your Let's nickname be between my aunt and me and my mom has been Beefcake. So you are now known as Uncle Beefcake. Um, so take it or leave it. You know, you want to be a part of this family, you better take it because it ain't going nowhere. It's stuck. <laughs> so Uncle Beefcake. In fact, I don't even know his name. <laughs> I just know him as Beefcake. Well, we're we're not gonna put his name online. Well, no, of course no. not. But I don't even know his name. We don't need to know his name. It's I don't. Beefcake. I know it starts with an M. That's all I know. You know what? We just uh, honestly, I just call him Canada. Beefcake. Around my friends, I just I'm just like, well, Canada, blah blah blah. So yeah, she Canada. still says Canada. I say Beefcake. I like Beefcake better. Every guy has their own nickname <laughs> to women. Uh, I mean, gosh, look at Sex and oh, City. I Remember that? love that. Show. Yes. Yeah, they all Mr. had Big. like a Mr. specific Big. name, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, his is Canada, aka mm-hmm. Beefcake. Okay. Yeah. So with the differences then and and all of the things that we did that we all should not have done, um, I know that I can give my aunt a lot of kudos in the safety precautions that she did take in meeting this stranger from another country because i know i expressed to her like hey i'm really scared i'm really worried you were Um, very stressed about it and you have no idea well and okay so let's go into that a little bit so i um you know online dating um i met this person he contacted me and we had some very nice conversation he was very polite and now anybody who is online dating nowadays any woman who is online dating nowadays re- you know we know that a lot of times men will come out straight out the gate talking about like well i need sex once a day or whatever you know it's just it's like sexual. it's inundated you're inundated with sex all the time like you know my mm-hmm. my ex never wanted to have sex with me are you a sexual person you know it's, it's just like oh my god give me a break it's so, like no hi how are you it also makes it sound like they're like the best at it too yeah it's always mm-hmm. sexual right okay yeah mm-hmm. so with him it wasn't he didn't bring it up at all um i questioned him because he's literally 29 and i was like <laughs> um excuse me i'm almost old enough to be your mother what's going on here right and he's like, no, I like older women and I just want to, you know, I just want to chat and blah, blah, blah. So I entertained it because I was like, whatever, I'm never going to meet this dude, right? Well, what ended up happening was a couple weeks down the line and we're th- and, and a couple weeks in online dating is a long time, right? Because if you're just chatting on the the website or the app or whatever, or via your phone number, you know, whatever. Well, so he... um. He and I had been texting for a few, a couple weeks, and he had made a joke about, you know, oh my gosh, you know, you're, you're beautiful. And, you know, I, I, it's not a joke. If I could be there tomorrow, I would be or whatever. Right. And I'm like, oh, well, let's not, you know, completely disregard that idea. And then it turned into this, well, are you serious? Cause I could come there. And I basically put out there, hey, okay. 
I'm not necessarily opposed to that. You've been really kind and respectful. I mean, in my head, I'm saying you've been really kind and respectful, you know, I'm not really opposed to that. And so I said, what would your expectations be? Okay. And he said, I'm working on myself. I'm not looking for anything serious. And me coming out of a divorce, the position I was in was I need different I need different vitamin D <laughs> so that I can move past the, the expired vitamin D <laughs> that I had had that was not making me happy. <laughs> I am dead. <laughs> I mean, at least I think notable difference. He was open and honest with his expectations. And he was. And, and that's just it. He was open and honest. Hey, not looking for a relationship, not into long-term situation, but I think you're really cool and I want to meet you and I'd like to give you some vitamin D. And I'm thinking I could use some vitamin D. I need to move forward. And this guy hasn't been a freaking creep. Mm-hmm. So I love that for you. Yes. Right. I love, oh, I love that for me too. I, so, I love the younger man for you. I love that too. I love this whole situation. So anyway, so what ended up happening was he said, hey, when are you available? And I said, this is when I'm available. He's like, great. I'll come out that weekend. I'm like, great. And then I thought, Jessica, what the F did you just do? Right? (laughs) So I talked to my friends and I'm like, okay, this is going to happen. And then people are like, okay. That's weird, but okay, you know? And so anyway, I, you know, I thought, okay, no, I need to be cautious about this. And um, so we had agreed on a weekend and we were having our flirty stuff and everything was great. And we talked all the time and it wasn't just about sex. It was just about just us, right? Just, um, hey, this is the kind of individual I am. This is the kind of individual you are, blah, 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 whatever, right? Well, So then the date started getting closer and closer. As we progressed in this conversation, and and the date was put out like, what, three, four weeks from when we... Yeah, it was like at least a month. Yeah, it was a while. It was a while. So during that time, we kept contact, like, you know, very consistently. And he had, over that time, sent me pictures of himself in his hard hat. So he's a pipe fitter and his name is on his hard hat. So I had his full name. Um, He had uh, shown me pictures of his tattoos, which I was very into. He had shown me his um, ID photo. So I had all of these things in place. You know, I had all these identity, um, all this identity information, identifying information. So as we got closer to that date, I felt safer and safer. For one, this person was committed to speaking to me, committed to giving me information freely without a Mm -hmm. fight, and he was respectful the whole time, even though we had agreed that this was probably just going to be a sexual thing, right? There was still a respect factor, and there was still a, um, a limited, you know, there were boundaries. Yeah. So when it came time for him to come to town, And this is, I think, the important part of this podcast. We had rules. I told him, my family and friends 
know you're coming. Mm-hmm. And they know you're going to be in my home. Did he know that the, that you sent us his identifying information? Um, I had told him that my family knows who you are and they know that you're coming and they know when you're coming. And I have to check in with them. And he said, that's, you know, oh, okay, that's fine. You know, um, did you want to invite your friends out with us? Maybe we could go out. And at that point I was like, He's willing to meet people. Now, he could have been, that could have been lift service. But the fact that he was like, hey, yeah, invite your friends out. You know, I was like, okay, that's not bad, you know. And he sent me all this stuff. He can't be completely ignorant of the fact that he sent me identifying information. And that was the key point that made me very trusting with him. But also the fact that he was consistent. He wasn't breadcrumbing me, right? We all know what breadcrumbing is, right? It's really funny because men don't have know an what idea. That is. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, he wasn't breadcrumbing me. He was just like, yes, this is me. This is who I am. And I'm coming to the state or whatever. So, anyway, so when he got here, it was very um, serendipitous. Thankfully, it was a good time. Mm-hmm. It was. It was. And vitamin D must have done you real good. It Well, it was very, you know, there were expectations that were already out there, right? And he was very clear about his expectations. I was very clear about mine. Everything was agreed to beforehand. This was going to be a consensual sex agreement. And then what ended up happening completely blew my mind and surprised me. And it was, I felt like I was with one of the best friends I've ever, ever had. It was the weirdest thing I've ever experienced in my life. I don't expect that any random person listening to this would ever have that experience. So don't do it. However, in my case, I trusted my intuition. I trusted my gut and I made an incredible friend. And with that said, you know, our weekend together was safe. It was consensual. And I have never felt as respected as I did that weekend. In eight years of my relationship with my ex, I never felt that kind of love, respect, and companionship. And this was just somebody I was just having sex with. Yeah. So this person is a good person. Yeah. And it's rare to find that online, especially with everything that led up to that, right? But the reason I had made that decision to go through with that was because the fact that he had sent me so much identifying information. If he hadn't done that, I would not have had him come to my house. He would have gone to a hotel and I would have met him in public. Yeah. Well, and also, too, behind the scenes, like she, you know, another thing that's really important is having the people that you check in with. And so me, even on the other side of the mountains, a four or five hour drive away, um, you know, was checking in with her texting. And I know when he first got there, it took her a little while to respond. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, are you, oh my God, are you okay? I was freaking out. Yeah. But we had had the conversation ahead of time too. I think as women, we all have some kind of safe word or safe, like if I say this, come right away. And so we had had that conversation ahead of time. Like, hey, if I say awesome, that like, that's my safe word, awesome. And of course, one of the first things she says is he's awesome. Is that what I said? (laughs) Yes, you did. One of the first things you said when you didn't say anything for a while was like, I'm okay. This is awesome. 
And so mom, because we had a three-way text message between my aunt, me, and my mom. Didn't I say yes? You did. Yes, I said it was amazing. Yeah, but you said your safe word was amazing, and you said the word amazing. You did. My my safe word was awesome, and I said it was amazing. Or no, awesome. Yeah, sorry, awesome. My bad. Confusion. You said you said the word. You said your safe word. Okay, and then mom's immediate response was mom's immediate response was wait, are you okay? And then like 10, 15 minutes went by. And then she's like, hello, are you okay? And you respond, I'll pull this up. I still have it. And you were like, yeah, it's fine. It's, this is really great. And we're like, oh, thank God. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, that happened. Okay. So I don't, I don't, I don't remember. I'll have to look it up. But, um, I mean, Honestly, I say things are awesome all the time. So that was probably a bad choice on my part. But I was very diligent about telling everybody, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And there was some point in the night where we were sitting on the couch and I realized, like, this person is fucking fantastic. Excuse my language, but oh my God, like I've never felt this safe with a man in my life. And I will stand to that. I've never felt as safe as I felt with him in my entire life with a man, which was completely unexpected from meeting a guy online. Well, yeah, I mean, notable, not everybody is a POS. Not everybody everybody is is untrustworthy. And, you know, and he said it perfectly to me. He said, Actually, he said it in reference to somebody else, another guy that I was talking to. But he was like, Jessica, I'm driving like six and a half hours across an international border to see you. Mm-hmm. You're worth that. Oh, Like, I know, right? He says you're worth that. That is one of the best things you can ever say to another human being is you are worth it. You're worth that. You're worth whatever. That's one of the best things you can ever say to another person. And so I met a diamond in the rough who is not my person. He's not my soulmate. But he was a lesson from the universe. Mm-hmm. You know, not everybody that you meet is supposed to be your forever. As you go, well, no, he's coming back this weekend for another, you know, visit. Um, the thing is, is that, you know, I recognize, you know, this in particular was meant to teach me what my goal should be, you know, what I should expect from men and not, um, you know, it's, it's just, we all have our lessons. Right. And I mean, obviously, you know, I trusted my gut. I went in the right direction and I got the lesson from the universe. However, you know, any other woman could be like, oh yeah, I feel like I might be able to trust this guy. It doesn't mean you're making the right decision. You know, you, you have to be cautious. I was risky. But you were also cautious. I was also very cautious. You know, I sent all the photos that could identify this person to my family. And I sent it actually to three different people. Three different people had this information. They had my address so that they could call 911. They had his full name. They had his birth date. They had where he was from. They had everything they could possibly have, identifying pictures of his tattoos, everything that they could possibly have had so that I felt safe. And when I told him 
that everybody knew who he was, he was not worried about it. And that's the significant factor. Yeah. If they are going to give you a hard time, you know, if you say, hey, you know what, I'm very cautious and I want to make sure that I have a photo, um, identifying photo of you, blah, 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 to send, you know, my family knows who you are, blah, blah, blah. If they don't want to send that information, then clearly they're not a transparent person. And all of us ladies deserve to be with somebody who's transparent. Yeah. If they didn't mean any harm or have any ill intent, they wouldn't have any issues with telling you who they were. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So we have, as a group of girls, come up with a list. We're going to call it the Crime Convo Safety List. Um, again, this is a conversation between us. Uh, take or leave whatever on this list you want. These are things that we just recommend um, using as safety precautions if you're going to online date or honestly meet anybody online. So first thing on this list that we have is always make sure that you have someone that knows where you're going. Um, make sure that you're meeting in a public place so that you're not just the two of you alone somewhere. Um, that way, if something happens, there's other people around you that can see and, and report things if they see anything. And then make sure that you're checking in with your people, whether that's, you know, a family member or a friend. Make sure that you let them know, hey, I'm good. A couple hours later, hey, I'm good still. Um, and then also try to find some identifying information from the person that you're meeting, whether that's their name, their birthday, anything that you can give to your family or friends that will help them be able to identify that person if something does happen. Yeah, a great way to do that is, again, a photo ID. Um, and then be clear with your date that people will know where you are and with who. Because you're going to let them know, hey, people know I'm going to be with you. And they know where we're going and what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And then we have to be aware of your surroundings. So this goes for not just when you're out with people, but this also just applies towards out in the world in general. Um, so being aware of your surroundings by, you know, only be on your phone if you're texting the people that you're supposed to be texting and notifying them where you're at, who you're with and all that stuff, but don't have your face in your phone. One, you're on a date. So that's obviously rude, but two, you want to be able to be aware of, you know, where are the exits at in the place that you are? Who are the people around you? What is going on in the surroundings with you? You need to make sure that you are aware of what's going on around you at all times. And if it's not a date, you know, if you're walking out on the street, again, don't be in your phone. Don't have your headphones, both of your headphones, and only have one. Make sure you're paying attention to people that are walking in front of you and behind you. And also a safe word. So if you have people that you're going to be calling, texting, whoever your contacts are, you can have a safe word. So if you need to call them in front of that person um, that you're with, or again, if you're just out in the world and have to call somebody for help, you're not fully saying, oh my God, there's this guy in front of me, blah, blah, blah. Because that can be a scary situation, obviously, given the, given the, the circumstances. Uh, but have a safety word. So like Alyssa mentioned, hers was peanut butter. So you can call someone and say, oh, when I'm done with my date, I'm going to go get peanut butter or whatever the case may be. Yeah, I think it's definitely helpful if that word flows into some kind of casual conversation that may not be totally indicative of, hey, something's wrong. Um, we also, too... 
Um, we brought this up in the last episode talking about Queen of Foo, um, and we may adopt this in somehow as a slogan of ours, but make sure to text your people when you make it to wherever you're going. Um, you're getting home from a date, text them when you get home. You get home from the grocery store. If somebody's not at home expecting you, waiting for you, just let somebody know, hey, I'm home, I'm safe, you know. Um, and unfortunately in this world, that's even going to the grocery store, that's going to the mall, that's going anywhere. Hey, I went such and such, I'm home, I'm good. You know, something to people around you so that they know that you're safe. Um, and I know I can say that I definitely hope to all of our listeners that you all have someone in your circle that is that kind of person for you, that you can text somebody if something happens or let them know that you're okay, that you have somebody out there that's worried about you. And I'm sure that everybody has at least one person. So um, we want to thank everybody for listening and joining us today. Um, thank you again to my Aunt Jessie for being a part of this. I really appreciated your perspectives that you have that, frankly, I, I just don't. So thank you again. Well, thank you to the universe for not letting me die because (laughs) (laughs) I did take a big risk. It paid off, but it was not, you know, I'm only human and I trusted my instinct. But yeah, definitely everybody be safe. Thank you for coming on and and sharing your perspective. I I know I really enjoyed it. So you should definitely come back. Well, thanks for having me, ladies. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you again. And thanks again to our listeners. We will talk to you in a couple weeks. Thank you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.